You know the vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Momuti, alongside me as always, the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing today? Oh man, it's beautiful, beautiful day. The, the countdown has begun. The NBA season is quickly approaching, Mo, so you better get your last vacations, and holidays, and all of those things out of the way, and then it's time to rock and roll. BJ, you know I ain't taking no holidays, bro. You know I ain't taking no vacations. You know I'm staying in the lab working. I'll be streaming on Twitch. Shout out to everyone who comes to the Twitch streams. You can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash hoop genius. We play some 2K. We talk some NBA. We talk some hot takes and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's good vibes. We're staying working. We're staying locked in. Let me know what you want to see on the streams by joining the Discord that's linked in the description and also get your copy of 2K by hitting the link in the description. But what I wanted to talk to you today about, BJ, is yesterday we talked a lot about rumours and rumours, but uh, we had some news last week that Buddy Heald and the Indiana Pacers are eyeing trade options after their contract talks stalled. Now, it's not a big surprise given that Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a breakout star in the very near future. And Benedict Mathurin was in the rookie of the year race for almost all of the year. And he may be in the starting lineup this year. And they've got Nemhard as well. And they've got some great young players. Now, Buddy Hill a bit older. And um, given that they couldn't work together on an extension, they're going to be looking to move him elsewhere. According to Shams Trania of The Athletic, um, Buddy Hill is now 30 years old. Even though he feels like a young player because he's not yet made the playoffs, I think he's the longest current player in terms of games played versus playoff appearances. So no one in the NBA has been there longer than him without making a playoff, and I believe he's third all-time in that list. BJ, Buddy Heald, where do you see him ending up? Well, I think there are a number of teams that really will love his services because he does... You know, he shoots the ball. He does what he, you know, does at a very high clip. And that's shooting the three, shooting the long ball. And he shoots it at a, a very high percentage. So I think there will be a number of teams that will be lined up for him. Um, you know, playoff teams, whether it's Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, you know, Lakers. There are a number of teams, I think, could utilize what he brings to the court. I'm sure probably the big thing would be what's his value, what's his worth, meaning, you know, what, what where people have him as far as as a salary. I think that's probably would be the main concern. However, I think when the Indiana Pacers decided to get, I think it was Bruce Brown, I yep. think that would really that that kind of changed things for them in a lot of ways um, because of financially what what it's going to do. So. Um, but I think Buddy is a really good player. You know, I, I think I mean, he's a really good player. And I think someone's going to get a really good player because he was a big part in what Indiana was doing. I know Tyrese Halliburton and these guys receive a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, you know, the praise for what they're doing. But he is a star in his role. I mean, he's an, to me, he's an exceptional shooter. And I just think he has to get to the right place. I think he just has to get to the right place. Well, you talked about all these playoff teams that you mentioned, but let me throw a name out there and let me get your thoughts on this. The San Antonio Spurs just got Victor Wembanyama. Why not provide some veteran shooting alongside him? How would you like that fit for Buddy Heald? Well, again, I, I think the big thing for Victor is let's for, first figure out what he is and where he's going to play. 
and you say yeah. shooting around him, it, you know, right now, I, I, it, I think it's important before you start bringing in players like a, you know, a buddy heel. I, I think it's important to figure out what you're bringing them around to. You know, Buddy Hill is, you know, we always talk about star players and superstar players. However, you know, Buddy Hill is an elite player in his role. I mean, he shoots the ball as well as, you know, arguably anyone in this league as a role player. Okay. He may not be as accurate as Steph Curry or some of the those guys. However, you're talking about a player who's not a max player. It's hard to argue that he's not one of the best, if not the best in the league. I mean, he really can shoot. He's lights out. As a yeah, shooter, he was so. he was like 43% from deep, putting up 17 points a game, five boards and three assists. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's he, I mean, you're talking about last, a role player. Uh, that, over the last five seasons, he's made more threes than anyone in the NBA during a regular season. That's more than Dane, more than Steph. Yeah, I mean, this guy can shoot. So, again, I think it's just right fit, right place for him. And where that's going to land who knows but i think he's a really really good player and if you can surround him around to me a a bona fide superstar i think he would be i think he would be terrific in in uh, milwaukee for instance milwaukee would fantastic be ter- yeah fantastic. i think he'd be terrific but you know you almost said it there boston we all know joe Mazzula and his obsession with three-point shooting they have malcolm brogdon so this is a two-pronged question that i want to ask you First of all, I don't like the fit of Buddy Hield for Brogdon because that trade works, sending Brogdon back to Indiana, but you lose another ball handler. There was a report earlier this week that said, or last week, that said Tatum will be the primary ball handler for this team. I don't like that. I said on my Twitch stream, I like Tatum operating off the catch or when he's posted up or in the mid post. I don't want him being a primary initiator of the offense. And if you trade Brogdon, you lose another ball handler because then you're essentially down to Derek White. And this is a turnover-happy team at the best of times. Um, so it's a two-pronged question. The first being, how would you like that deal if from a Celtics or Pacers perspective? But the second part being, um, there were reports that Malcolm Brogdon is unhappy in Boston, and understandably so, because they traded him for Chris Porzingis, and that trade fell through uh, very publicly. And then they ended up having to ship out Marcus Smart. So obviously there's some damage to the relationship there. How do you think that's going to affect the Celtic season? And do you think that's something that will just be forgotten about once they get going? Well, you know, there are reports and I've I've read the reports. However, I think Malcolm Brogdon in the end, I think he's a true professional. The president is what they call him. Yeah, I think he's a true professional. So whatever it is, I think he will deal with it accordingly. Mm -hmm. whatever that is. I think he's a true professional. Now, does he, should he feel a certain way or has a legitimate complaint? You know, if I can just be completely transparent, it happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That happens to everyone. Just less publicly. Yes. That happens to everyone. Everyone, you know, very rarely, you know, is, it's very rare that you don't get traded and you play for one team. Everyone's going to get traded. Every team, whether they want to admit it or not, they're actively always trying to improve their team. And that means they're trading players. That's just mm-hmm. sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So I think in the end, from what I know about Malcolm Brogdon and everything I've heard about him, he is a true professional. So I expect him, no matter how this plays out, to be ready to play. However, 
you know, I was surprised when he was traded. I really was. I didn't, I didn't I, I wasn't. see that coming. Yeah, I, I, because, didn't, I didn't think he would be traded. Based on what he did last I, year, I mean, wasn't he like six million oh, a year or something? Absolutely, absolutely. However, the injury to his elbow is a lot more serious than I think the public were aware of. And okay, I think yeah, that Brad Steven was sort of trying to get away with the fast one by making that trade. And once the Clippers did their due diligence, they pulled out of the deal. Um, and that's okay, the primary reason yeah. why they were trying to offload him rather than his play or how he fits on a team. It was more that we don't know if he's actually going to be able to play with this elbow. Well, that's something like, again, I, I wasn't preppy to, but makes sense. And, but he's a really, he was, he was terrific for them a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, and who's their primary ball handler now, now that Marcus Smart's out it's, there? It's Derek White. It'll be Derek White. Yeah. But I, I, I think they'll figure it out. So we'll see what It'll happens. It'll be White, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Porzingis, I guess. Or slide Porzingis to the four and have, Robert Williams and Al Horford coming off the bench to give him some rest, but we'll talk about that soon. Um, in other news around the NBA, two of my favorite players, BJ, I know you hate the off-season grinding videos. I know you hate them, but this isn't a video. It's just one simple picture of two of my favorite players of all time. Okay, Marcus Smart and who? Learning from the master. No, 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 no. Marcus Smart doesn't need to learn from anyone. He's already, oh, okay. he's already there. Oh, right? He's already there. What's okay. anyone going to teach him, right? He's the greatest. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Hakeem Olajuwon have been training together in the offseason. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Send me that Giannis, photo. Well, he, he posted a picture saying, I enjoy being a student of the game. Learn, respect, and appreciate greatness. Thank you, Hakeem. And it's Hakeem Olajuwon um, working out with his fellow Nigerian, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, Gilbert Arenas went on a little rant, as Gilbert Arenas likes to do, to mock Mr. Olajuwon for charging 50k per workout. But I feel like when you are known as the dream and you have multiple NBA championships and you're one of the best scorers the game's ever seen and one of the best defenders the game's ever seen, I feel like 50k is quite a decent price because I know how much some of these trainers you see on Instagram charge and some of them <laughs> charge more than what Hakeem's charging. Let me just say speak that. On him, speak on it. Speak hey, on listen, it, Mo. I'm not, not going to speak on any names because I'm not trying to mess up their bags, but there's Instagram trainers that are charging NBA guys more than that for their off-season workouts mm, where okay. you see the videos, hashtag grinded. So I think if I was an NBA player, and I'm be honest, making $30, $40 million a year, 50K to go train, and if I can master that footwork like Akeem Olajuwon, I'd pay 500 grand per session, let alone 50 grand per session. But let me let me ask you this, you know, because we've seen a keen workout with Kobe Bryant, we've seen a workout with LeBron James, we've seen a workout with Dwight Howard. Now, if Giannis is adding to this dynamic of playing in the post rather than transition or attacking from the perimeter, how much trouble is the league going to be in? Well, Mo, the, the league is in trouble because, as you can see, he continues to add to his catalog and what he brings. I mean. This young man is continuing to add. Now, as you mature in this league, for the most part, you get further and further away from the basket. When he adds a consistent jump shot, I'm not even saying a three ball. It's over. We, yeah, we say this every summer, though. We say yeah, this yeah, every yeah. summer. It's, it's, it, absolutely. But it's it's going to happen because he, I mean, the guy just shoots. He He shoots threes. He may air ball it. But he has the confidence to keep shooting it. Now, yep. what I think he's beginning to do is to understand the following. 
there are only so, so many players that can play in the last four minutes of a game. And everyone talks about Akeem's footwork, but no one ever talks about his ability to catch the ball in the post and how strong he was to be able to get that ball. Like, Mo, it's, it's one area that the game can turn up. You can't turn up your offense, right? If you make a good move, a great move, and you miss the shot, the other team gets the rebound. Where you can turn up the game is you can turn up your defense. Giannis now is important for a player like him to have great footwork. And, and the reason it's important for him to have footwork, because unlike average players in the NBA who play a versus one-on-one coverage, Giannis plays against a team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Giannis plays against a team. So it's important for him to have a have the, the proper footwork to not only catch the ball, but catch the ball where he can get it so that he can score. And if not, can pass it to the other four guys on the floor. That's essential, right? And playing with a great with a great player. You know, I remember one time we were playing, talking trash, whatever, doing it in practice. And, and we were talking trash and they, I can beat you. You can beat me. Let's play one-on-one. And and I happened to challenge Michael. I said, hey, let's play one-on-one, right? Okay, you know, okay. I know everybody's like, oh, wow, what's this guy thinking? Okay, but that's what you do when you play, right? You, yeah, yeah, you know, I respect you. you, you, you I, I respect, respect that, right? And and I remember him telling me, he was like, no, I, why should I play one-on-one? It's a waste of time for me because I don't play against one. It takes a whole team to stop me. It only takes one guy to stop you. And I, I laughed. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I still it's funny to think about here's a guy that says you know what yeah you play one-on-one because that's what you do but for me it takes a team and when you see great players working on their footwork it's because they understand one guy is not good enough I don't care who you are to stop them two guys for Michael and Kobe and those guys but when you have excellent footwork and you have the footwork to have all your options available to you, Mo, because it gets crowded, believe it or not, when three, four, oh, or a team, or when a team, I mean, I you know. wouldn't know that, Mo, because, you know, when you play, it takes a team to stop you. So You know the vibes. I understand, <laughs> yeah, I do know the vibes. And I understand why Giannis is working on this. Not to score, yeah. but you have to have superior footwork when you're playing against a team, when they're game planning against you, Mo, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Hopefully the, yeah, the listener yeah. understands. I think, I, I think another factor of it, and this is something that Embiid's done really well in recent years, is the quickness of your decision-making when you get the ball on the post. Because one right. thing that Hakeem was great at is catching the ball and having the feel of where the defender's body position is and immediately being able to spin off that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the footwork, but it's the speed at which he's made the cognitive decision of, okay, I can feel his elbow on my back. If I spin to the baseline, he's going to not be able to stay with me because his momentum's going forward, right? So Giannis, at the moment, a lot of times when he catches the ball on the post, he'll catch it, take a couple dribbles, turn around, shoot a fadeaway, or he'll catch it, take a right. couple dribbles, try and get inside. But having that footwork down so well that the speed of your decision-making greatly improves. That's yeah, another you're, thing. You're, you're, and the then, speed of your game, but, but the game will actually slow down to you. It's like a... It's a funny yeah. thing, you know, the game will slow down for you. But, but then there's so many layers to it, right? Because there's, first of all, there's that element of it, you know, the speed of his decision making. Then second of all, once he scored a few times in the post, you're going to have to start coming to double team him 
and then the speed of which you can make those passes out to your teammates as well. And knowing where everyone's going to be in those spots, it's just going to be open threes, which makes the game easier for his teammates. And then the biggest thing is Giannis right now plays downhill, right? And teams mm-hmm. have the chance to load up on him. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the ball in his hands and he's attacking from the perimeter in. They can stuff as many players as they want between Giannis and the basket, right? To try and get the ball out of his hands, whatnot, whatnot. When he's posting someone up, you can't load up on him because you're going to get a defensive three-second call if you've got two, three, four defenders coming to the paint to try and load up in Giannis. So I think that's another look that, you know, he's not what I would consider a post-heavy player. It's not like, you know, a, a guy like MB that you can just feed the ball into down low, right? Because Giannis offers so much with his speed and explosiveness. But as he gets older, everyone talks about, oh, you know, when he gets older, he's going to need to develop his outside shot. But what if he just gets stronger and stronger and starts crushing everyone on the inside? Like, if you remember watching Hakeem Olajuwon or remember watching prime Shaquille O'Neal, what you got to do is get them the ball on the post. And here's what's going to happen. A, it's going to be a foul. B, it's going to be a dunk. Or C, it's going to be an assist to a wide open shooter. And then mm-hmm. from that, they just play. And I think if that happens then Giannis unlocks a whole new level to his game that is still there to be unlocked. And this is a guy already putting up 30 points tonight. So yeah, if he's... Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the big thing, Mo, is we can't forget as, as fans of the game is that he's going to be playing in a new system this year under Adrian Griffin. Yep. And I'm not sure what this all means, right? Because they're going to be running, I, I presume, they're going to be running a new offense. They're going to emphasize different things. Even though they have the same players, but I think they're going to probably highlight different things that they feel that they can do with this group. And so I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do. I happen to have spent some time with, with, with Coach Griffin this summer, actually okay. at uh, Coach Sir's, uh, you know, coaching you. And he was yep. one of the guest speakers. And awesome. we just happened to have uh, a little sidebar and he was kind of giving me some insight to what he's going to do with Giannis, you know, and So I'm really excited. And I think a lot of things we'll see without, you know, you know, giving away too much from what Coach Griffin was able to share with me is they're going to utilize him on the weak side. They're going to not ask him to play as much on the strong side of the defense, right? They're going to move the ball here. For the the, the listeners, the the weak side is a side where the ball isn't, where there's usually less players, where you play as more of a help defender. Yeah, so I think they're going to move him around a little bit and not rely on him to generate all of the offense in transition, accept the double team, pass it. So I think they're going to do a lot of different things, use him as a decoy, and then try to really have him become a finisher of the game, more so than a facilitator at this stage. So we'll see how it works, but I, I think he's really excited. I think Giannis is excited, but more importantly, I think it's fantastic that he's learning from one of the all-time greats, right? I mean, there are a lot of great players who play the game, but Akeem Olajuwon is one of the all-time greatest players, regardless of position, of all time, mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, right? He mm-hmm. He's in the rarefied space where you're talking greatest of all time. I mean, he was that good of a player. So I think it's incredible that Giannis chose him, Akeem Olajuwon, as someone to mentor him and give him insight on the game because he's man, you talk about a player, Mo. He was 
He was. I, th- he was I think he's one of the most underappreciated superstars we've ever seen, well, and I think well, he's one of the maybe most on the outside. When, <laughs> when people make these lists, you know, when people make hey. these top ten lists, if well. I see, I always say this, to people, if I see your top ten list, and Akeem Olajuwon ain't on your top ten list, you can't talk to me about basketball. Yeah, that's he, what I say. He, 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 he's one of the greatest players of all time, like players. Like I, you know, he should have probably been a power forward, but he played the center position. But he was so good, he's one of the all-time greatest centers of all time. Yeah, Mo. Well, they have the twin towers early in his career, so yeah, he was Mo. He was oh, he was exceptional. I mean, so when you were playing against him, and you're obviously guarding, you know, the Kenny Smiths of the world or the guards who are on the Houston Rockets, right? right? Once they get the ball into Hakeem on the post, what's going through your head? Are you thinking I got to go double him? Are you thinking I got to stick to my man? Like, what's the thought process that you had when it's well, really like catch twenty two, whatever you decide? Well, he, he, you know, when Dream was earlier in his career, you know, early right when I first saw him, when I say early in his career, you know, everyone goes through their learning, you know, their yeah. learning. You know, there I remember there was a there was a big jump in his game, and the big jump was defensively. He was elite from day one. But the biggest jump was he started learning how to pass the ball. Like he figured out that, yeah, I could score 30, but, you know, he didn't really know how to facilitate and manage the game. I I, I think we get so much, we get caught so much up in the scoring and the numbers and this guy needs help and this guy did, but some of these players, some of these star players, they know how to manage a game. And I remember mm-hmm. playing right around 94 or somewhere around there. Yep. There was like, Akeem was like just a monster. I mean, you were like, oh man, we're playing against Akeem. So what did I think? And answer your question, like, like you try to support whoever was guarding him as best you can. Because he was, he figured out how to catch the ball like on the move. Like he would catch it and gone. He didn't catch it and wait. Yep. That's what he I'm talking about. The quickness of the decision. Yeah, making. he he was, and his footwork was so phenomenal. He was like catching it and creating space. Like you're coming to double him and he's doing a move. So you didn't, you know, you didn't run to him to like double him because he was looking to pass it. He was making a move and you didn't know really what he was doing. And he was so quick that you could, you had to approach him with caution, right? You couldn't just run. Like, you know, you would double some bigs and you could just run to him because you were just faster and quicker than they were. With Akeem, he was quicker than you. And you were a guard, you know? <laughs> he was just really quick. He was just, his decision-making was like, he was just, he was just a, a unique player. But once he started passing the ball, right around 94, somewhere around there, he started passing the ball and passing the ball and moving towards the ball, right? Like, you know, like, like imagine going to double Akeem Olajuwon. He would pass it over your head to make you look turn around as you should. And then he would follow you. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was like manipulating the game. As you guys would say, you know, he was like, he was playing with the cheat code. So he started <laughs> learning how to like, like if, if he wanted, to, if he didn't want to double team, he would, he would throw the ball in and he would throw it right back before you could double team. Yeah. And then you didn't know what to do. And then he would catch it. Then he would go as you were going back to guard your man, because you know, he was taking advantage of the rules of the game. 
he was manipulating the game and he was like literally a cheat code because of his speed and quickness you couldn't double team him he was one of the few bigs okay this is going this is getting very technical he was one of the few bigs where you couldn't double team him with a big guy because he was too quick mm-hmm. you had to double team him with the guard now why is that important because he was 6 10 6 11 so he could he always had a clear vision passing the ball out of a double team because if you brought another big with them that big was probably too slow mm-hmm. to guard him so he was just a unique player that caused so many problems where for the most part you just tried to zone up against him to force him to shoot fadeaways but as you know the dream shake was probably better than his layup <laughs> so and then once he started Man. doing that and then he started crossing over and all the fakes and all this stuff he was just impossible to guard I and mean, he was literally impossible for us to guard and he could play in transition half court it didn't matter he was just that good man unbelievable unbelievable but yeah bj that's another episode of the hoop news podcast and on tomorrow's episode we might have a special guest oh are we are we, are we gonna let the people know who or are we gonna keep okay. that secret for tomorrow okay let's keep it a secret let's keep it a secret friend of the show rejoins <laughs> us stay yes. tuned subscribe so you don't miss it turn on the notification bell so you don't miss it you know join the discord so you don't miss it follow on twitch i might drop some hints but most importantly above all of that just like a keep a larger one himself <laughs> yes you know the vibes get buckets <laughs>